sending shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. We're so sorry, skeletons, you're so misunderstood. You only want to socialize. Welcome to a spooky Halloween episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Kent Wyrock, and uh, we're here on Halloween evening, sitting down, talking some football. I am joined by, of course, my two co-hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. Gentlemen, how are you feeling today? Are you feeling very spooky? That was amazing, Kent. How long did you practice that for, that intro? Uh, Approximately... Approximately zero seconds. Oh, you could have lied and said all day because I would have believed you. It was that good. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of winged uh, it. So I imagine we're all feeling better right now than we will be tomorrow morning after all the candy has been eaten. So yeah, hopefully we still have uh, listeners alive and listening. See, my wife and I, we're, we're the uh, full-size candy house on the block. So, you know, everyone's mm. going to love us. But when there's leftover candy, there's a lot of it. So it's going to be pretty bad later tonight, I feel like. So I'm with you there. Okay, what does the uh, what does the Wyrock household uh, give out? What's the go to? Oh, we got the classics. We got Reese's. We got uh, M and M's. We got Twix bars. That you know, that just the classics. Oh, gotta have it. Yeah. All right. Well, we're here on Halloween, but we're ready to talk some football. So let's jump into the news. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing. And listen. Well, I tell you what, there certainly was news this week. Um, could you guys keep track of all of it? I mean, we put out some red shirts reports on some of the bigger things, but we'll go over everything again real quick. I think the two biggest things that happened early in the week were that Hugh Jackson and offensive coordinator of the Browns, Todd Haley, were both fired within, what, an hour of each other? Was it even that long? Do you guys remember? It was about that long, I would say. Maybe 45 minutes or something like that. Yeah, it was it was long enough for Hugh to get fired first, and then everyone to assume that Todd yep. Haley was safe. And then before you knew it, the notification came through, and you're like, "All right, I guess everyone's out of uh, out of Cleveland now." Now, as far as what the Browns do offensively, I, I guess offensively is what we're worried about, you know, in terms of fantasy. But this is this is an entire team shakeup right now that they're going through, so it could affect their defense as well. But for the purposes of fantasy, do you think this has a positive effect on Baker Mayfield, uh, Jarvis Landry, the running backs, and any other receivers on that team? I don't think it has a overall positive effect on everyone. I think it might, if I had to pick someone, I feel like it might be Duke Johnson who benefits because I feel like he's been the most underutilized for what he should be. Uh, so with the horrific Hugh Jackson now gone, and whatever battle was happening between him and Todd Haley now gone, the the thing that makes the most sense for me is to Duke John is for Duke Johnson to go back to kind of what he was in previous years, which is a very high catch, high target PPR startable flex running back type of guy. Um, other than that, I don't feel great. I also would agree with largely most of that. I think that. You know, short term, there's a ton of shakeup, and you know, in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be tough, I think, for that offense to kind of get get going. Uh, Greg Williams is their new interim head coach, which he was the defensive coordinator. So uh, we can talk forever, probably, about his history and what he's about. 
Um, I'll share a quote <laughs> with you guys here in a minute that I think is pretty pretty funny. But as far as that, you know, you've got a defensive corner taking over, so potentially you could argue maybe they lean on the run game a little more and, and try to mm. play to the strength of that offense, or excuse me, of that team, which is their defense. So uh, that's kind of one way that I could see it shaking out. But I agree with largely with a lot of what Okada said. Yeah, I I tend to agree, and I think the one thing also is that long term, I think this greatly benefits Baker Mayfield and his development. Um, I don't know if we'll see a fantasy reflection of that this year, but I think as far as his career in the NFL, this is a huge positive. So not something we'll get to have, you know, like a quick benefit from, but certainly I think this is good news on that case. So can I read the quote that um, Greg Williams said in his introductory press conference? Yes, please. Quote, since I left Buffalo, I had 11 letters to interview for head coaching jobs. Four of them didn't even I, I didn't even have to interview. Just show up and sign the contract. That is not Whoa. true. <laughs> he is Whoa. hysterical. Whoa. There's no way that is true. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and doubt that. <laughs> but uh anyway, I I don't think there's any other real big takeaways like we were saying, so uh we'll keep an eye on the Brown situation going forward and uh we'll move on to this next piece of news, which is the Fitz magic is back. The beard is back. I, I personally, I lost my beard, but you know, I knew somewhere in the world there had to be another beard come back into the picture to replace mine. So Fitz magic starting for the Bucks. It's already been announced. How does this benefit uh, Mike Evans, Godwin, uh, Deshaun Jackson? Is he suddenly okay with the quarterback situation now? Uh, what what's going on in Tampa Bay? Yes, all of the above. Um, I, I we had a, a a mailbag question last week, I think, about Deshaun Jackson, if I remember, and yeah, it was like, can we rely on him? We were like, no, because Jameis Winston. <laughs> well, the answer may now change because flip it, yeah. <laughs> Fitzpatrick and Deshaun Jackson are on a completely different page and level than than he and Winston. I like I like this for actually everybody in the receiving court, and I know a lot of people. Um, the quick reaction is, oh, this is good for wide receivers and bad for the tight ends because Jameis Winston loves his tight ends. O.J. Howard was just as good, if not better, with Fitzpatrick earlier this season than he was with Winston. So yep. I'm not concerned at all. I think O.J. Howard is way too talented uh, of a player, and I think that the entire passing offense honestly gets better. I watched this game, and... With each successive Winston interception, which all of them were horrible choices, I said, "Oh, it's getting cl- oh, it's gonna happen. Oh, there it is, and he's <laughs> never coming back." I don't, yeah. I, th- I think he's done for sure for the year, maybe longer. We'll see. Yeah, I I would almost go as far as to say, and I almost made the entire passing core and receiving options there my start of the week. I almost pulled Nokata on that one. Nice. I, I honestly think that if it's is under center for right now all of those options are virtually must starts each week because of what that yeah. offense could be with what we've seen so far i mean ryan fitzpatrick literally last week was quarterback 12 and he played a quarter and a half not even a quarter not and like even. four yeah. minutes yeah so just absolutely crazy no i i second everything you guys just said i really don't have much to add um i think this is the right choice for the bucks right now i don't think winston is there uh, fr- franchise quarterbacks. So you play the guy who you think will be better right now. Um, and that's Fitzpatrick. So we'll go ahead and move on. We got some big trades to talk about. Um, I put out brief two minute videos, the red shirt reports on each of these trades, kind of giving my opinion. So we'll go through one by one here. The first one that went down 
was Demarius Thomas getting traded to the Houston Texans. Uh, I want to hear your takeaway first from the perspective of Demarius Thomas and how it'll affect him. Whoever wants so to how, go first. So how it'll affect him in Houston? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? I think it's going to be largely a lateral move. I think that his target share might go down um, working uh, alongside DeAndre Hopkins. But at the same time, I think the Texans offense and the quarterback play is obviously largely above what Case Keenum and the Broncos have been doing. So I think that he's got more opportunities to score. I don't know that the volume will be there quite as much. And so for that reason, I think those two things balance out and be largely a lateral move. Yeah, I think I pretty much agree with that. Um, he was still getting a decent amount of targets, despite the fact that you may not have realized it looking at his box scores. But he, he's just been plagued by drops. Keenum has not been good, obviously. Sutton was taking away a lot of his really valuable targets by being a better version of what he is um, and a younger version of what he is, which is why he's gone from Denver. But... Uh, yeah, I, I, it's gonna. It's tough to say how it's gonna pan out in Houston. I think that the value of the targets will be better, so it'll depend on how many of them he gets and whether he can return a little bit to the form that we've seen from him in the past, where he's not a drop machine. Overall, I'm not too excited. Really, I'm not like going out and buying him or anything like that. So, yeah, yeah. I kind of, I, I said pretty much the same thing. I think it's lateral. It's like net lateral because you're right. More, he's probably going to get less targets that are better targets. So I, I'm kind of with you guys on that one. So now let's let's talk bo- over on the other side of things on the, the Denver Broncos. I, I think there's a key takeaway here, and we all know what it is. We talked about him on the waiver pod. Um, Corlin Sutton, man, he, he gets an, an extreme boost uh, going forward from this news. I think Emmanuel Sanders pretty much stays about the same. He might get a couple targets more. Um, but, but the real takeaway is that, uh, Cortland Sutton is stepping up and stepping into the main role there in Denver. Oh, I love a Cortland Sutton. I can't wait to see what he can do with the full time, um, you know, playing time and allotment of snaps. We've talked about it. Like you said, Kent on the waiver pods saying stash him and wait and see what happens. And if you did before this news broke, you hit pay dirt with this one. So, uh, yeah, love him. And I can't wait to see what he does. 100% agree on that, and I do really like what this does for Emmanuel Sanders, not necessarily because it makes him more productive, because that's nearly impossible with how productive he's been, but just because for fantasy purposes, I think it means we can be confident in Emmanuel Sanders as a high-end wide receiver 2, low-end wide receiver 1, which is what he's been moving forward. We don't have to say, oh, this has probably got to regress. Uh, So if someone's still willing to sell him at less than what he's been producing, which I don't know why they would, then I would certainly buy. Yeah, I'd say his floor certainly bumps up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be the the biggest thing for me. So I, I agree. And and I heard that the Denver Broncos actually had a first-round draft grade on Cortland Sutton. So clearly they are big fans of this kid, and they're, they're, they're ready to see him play. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made this move. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much all there is on that. So let's swing over to the other main trade that happened. Uh, Golden Tate got traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. And this trade was, uh, I think, a little less exciting. Um, it kind of was the same thing where it left a more positive fantasy effect on the team he left rather than the one he's going to. Uh, I don't know. How, how do you feel about that? I think that the biggest takeaway here is, uh, as far as the Eagles side of this, huge upgrade for Carson Wentz. I mean, he is just littered with, oh, yeah. with weapons there out of the backfield, the tight end position, the wide receivers. So uh, love that for him. Uh, Nelson Aguilar at this point is going to be 
virtually irrelevant in fantasy outside of one or two weeks here or there. So if you still are holding on to him, uh, I would say drop him because Tate is just going to soak up all those targets in the slot. Definitely agreed. And I think this does a similar thing for the, the two main guys in Detroit as it does for Sanders, which is not necessarily hugely increase their production, but give them a better floor and more reliability moving forward. I think that they'll largely have another guy come in and take some of Tate's targets rather than splitting them between Jones and Galladay. And by that, I mean Marvin Jones, because the main backup is TJ Jones, who's also a Jones. Uh, and then, by the way, I just I had I had to bring this up because I saw a video on Twitter right before we came on. You guys know that Golden Tate ran a left-handed Philly Philly, so now they can run a Philly <laughs> Philly in both directions. <laughs> that had ah, to that be was part the, of the decision making. The, the process. plan all along, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, Golden Tate, Golden Tate, giving up twenty six percent target share in Detroit. So there are a lot of targets up for grabs in what has been a, a good offense so far. Matthew Stafford very quietly on his way to another 4,000 and 30 touchdown season. So um, there are many targets to be had there in Detroit. Um, on the Detroit side of things, I lean Galladay over Marvin Jones. I think we've kind of seen the ceiling of Marvin Jones. I think Galladay is just getting started. He has more raw ability. He's two inches taller. He's got a bigger, solid frame. Uh, he's a fantastic football player. He's catch radius is ginormous. Uh, I'm ready for Galladay to... Uh, maybe ascend towards that uh, upper wide receiver two type of area if he can put it all together. So I, I'm a big fan of Galladay, and I want to watch him going forward. And then uh, we, we did have one other little trade. We'll, I guess we'll talk about it quick. I don't think it's super relevant, but t- Ty Montgomery was traded to the Baltimore Ravens. Thoughts? Meh. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's where I'm at, too. I mean... I think. I think this just muddies that backfield even more. I mean, you're not going to trade for a guy and not use him. And it's already been pretty rough for Alex Collins owners this year. And I think this just adds another, you know, guy to take snaps away from him and and carries away from him. So definitely hurts Collins. Yeah. And if for some reason you thought Buck Allen was still a thing, uh, that's officially done now. I mean, the I don't know how much from the one will never die. Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe not. But <laughs> He'll still get five I, touchdowns on the remainder of the season on five touches. So just just to mess with us. Of course he will. But um, all right, let's talk about some injuries. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. Um, there's, you know, the biggest story, I think, was that Will Fuller um, tore his ACL and he will be heading to injured reserve. Now, we already kind of talked about Demarius Thomas and him taking over. I mean, that's pretty much a fill in the gap type process. Did what do you guys think as far as is Kiki QT going to be someone who can benefit from this still even though Demarius Thomas is showing up? Mm, not hugely for me. The the interesting thing with this is Will Fuller is a very unique type of receiver and Demarius Thomas is not what he is. So it's and I think that this actually hurts Deshaun Watson a lot having the move from Will Fuller to Demarius Thomas slash Kuti because what Fuller did was really, really powerful for fantasy, for that offense, for Watson, and I don't see it happening anymore with the guys they have left. So Kuti and Thomas will kind of just split a similar possession-y sort of role, I guess, and I don't too much love the upside for him moving forward. Yeah, I liked it a lot more, obviously, before Demarius Thomas was going to be in town. Um, Okada, you kind of mentioned it, and I'll just speak to this, too. 
when Watson plays with Will Fuller, he averages 24 fantasy points a game. With Adam, he's averaging just north of 16 points a game. And so, yeah, huge, 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 huge uh, downgrade for Deshaun Watson. Um, granted, those numbers were all without a guy like Demarius Thomas, so that could you know level out a little bit more. And potentially, this could speak to maybe the hamstring injury that QT is dealing with. It's possible that it's more serious than what we are led to believe, so maybe they made this move um, given that QT is currently dealing with a hamstring injury of his own, and he has been for most of the season. Yeah, I, I I was so excited, but I think I spoke real quick on the waiver pod that the Houston Texans have the, let's see, it's the third most difficult passing defenses to play against for the remainder of the year. So any chance that Kiki had to be relevant kind of has been squandered by the fact that DT comes into town and that they have a rough schedule. So I don't think I'm going to roster him for the rest of the year. Someone else will probably... Give him a shot, and uh, I don't know. It, it's it's going to be rough going for him, I think, going out of the year. But let's move on. we got a couple other uh, pieces of news here we could talk about. Big Ben injured his uh, – excuse me, he fractured his index finger. And, and this is on his non-throwing hand, correct? Yeah, it's on his left hand. All right, so what's that going to mean? Is that going to affect him at all? Uh, passing the ball, obviously, it's not going to. I think the biggest – you know, limitation you'll see with Big Ben is potentially with handoffs with a running back going to the right side of the line where he's handing the ball off with his left hand. Um, grip strength could be a little bit of a concern. He normally does play with a glove on his non-throwing hand, so it, you know it could um, kind of offset that a little bit. Just wanted to put this on the sheet though, just so our listeners you know saw Big Ben on the injury report and weren't freaked out. He is going right. to play and he's going to play through it. Not a huge concern for me. Yeah, if he gets smacked in the hand real hard, do you think it could be like a, a pain thing where he comes out? Um, I think he plays through it even if he gets hit, hit in okay. the finger. All right. Well, let's move on and talk about Chris Thompson, who apparently cannot stop breaking his ribs. Um, it's the other side now, correct? Yeah, he came into this game for the past couple of weeks dealing with uh, a rib injury on one side, and now he's got another one on the opposite side, in addition to a lingering uh, a knee issue. So, yeah, Chris Thompson, man, this is the story with him every single year is when he plays, he's amazing, and when he's banged up, he is very frustrating to own. So uh, don't be surprised to see him listed as questionable heading into this week and potentially miss another week. Chris Thompson needs to drink more milk. Yeah, no kidding. He's uh, <laughs> he's fairly injury-prone so far. Yeah, And... uh he, he gives you big games early in the season. I thought I had struck gold with Chris Thompson, and then now I, I actually I dropped him in one league. Uh, I, I got That's so trap, frustrated. Man. That's the trap. Yeah. Every, every yeah. year, the first couple weeks. I should have traded him. I should have pushed the trades earlier. I even thought about it too, but I didn't get to it. All right, let's go, go ahead and move on and talk about A.J. Green. He was reported as walking in a boot uh, following their game this last week. Now, the Bengals are on bye, but Betts, did you hear any official injury news about his foot or what, what might be causing this? When he got injured, it was during the last drive of the game when they kind of were going down to the, down the field to get set up for the, the field goal at the end. Um, it's his right big toe. You could see him examining it on the sidelines, and uh, things are coming out that's reporting. It's likely a turf toe type of injury. But with the Bengals on by, like you said, it's great timing for Green. I wouldn't expect to hear any more details until they get back from the bye next week. Uh, most of the reporters are saying he's in the boot as more of a precautionary measure. But uh, it's worth noting, AJ Green has had 
turf toe in the past, and I don't know if it's been on his right foot or his left foot. Um, that was in 2014, and when he um, was dealing with that turf toe, he was dealing with it for multiple weeks, uh, almost a whole month. So this could be something that is, you know, they're saying it's pretty minor, but definitely monitor that next week for sure. And this isn't to say that Green is going to be necessarily non-existent or anything like that, but if you can still buy Tyler Boyd anywhere close to his name value as opposed to his actual value, you should do it because he's, at this point, almost a 1B to Green's 1A in that offense, and people got him off waivers, so it's possible you could snag him for low-end wide receiver 2 value instead of high-end to even wide receiver 1 value, which is what he's producing. I have been starting both of them in one lineup for like four or five weeks now, and it has nice. been just fine because you will always get one or two touchdowns. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. I think people still look at Tyler Boyd and think, I don't really know that name. There's no way that he'll continue producing like this. But um, everything I've seen has pointed towards the fact that he will, so I'm going to buy into it as well. So it's a good call. Let's talk about – there's just a couple quick hitters we'll uh, leave you with before we move on to the over-under segment. But uh, it looks like Sony Michel could be returning from his knee injury this week. I understand that he got in a limited practice, if I uh, am not mistaken. Yep, that's correct. And, he got a limited practice yeah. last Saturday and today as well. Awesome. Yeah, so he's showing good signs. Ronald Jones strained his hamstring. It looks like uh, that's going to leave all the running duties there to Peyton Barber and with how this offense is going to look. Um, we know he got the volume when Ryan Fitzpatrick was starting before. He just didn't really produce with it. We'll see if if that could kind of shift a little bit um, now that Fitz is back in the picture. You said running duties. <laughs> <laughs> I I oh. guess I did. <laughs> oh, God, I was wondering. I was like, what is he laughing at? I could just <laughs> Oh wow! I feel like an idiot now. So no, oh, that's amazing. I'm just kidding. And then last but not least, on the quick hitters, uh, Tyree Kill popped up on the injury report with a groin injury. Uh, sounds like he's practicing in full recently, so he'll he'll probably be questionable. But it, it's looking like he's going to play. So, with that being said, let's go on to the over unders. I bet you twenty bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. We're going to have some fun with this over-under segment because today is Halloween, and so I came up with a nice uh, set of players who I did my very, very best to make Halloween-related. So uh, before we do that, let's go over last week. And I got to warn you guys, the results of last week are spooky. Oh, my. Spooky as in big, not good. Yeah, we had the very first goose egg of the year, one of us three. Oh, boy. And the other two people only got one point each. Oh. So the person who got zero was Betts. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Um, we did Osweiler, uh, Latavius Murray, Jordy, uh, Uzuma, and then Morris or Mostert, which, by the way, was a barn burner of epic proportions. They had a combined 4.6 points. <laughs> so, oh, my gosh. We, we, and we all still happen to pick the wrong one of those two. But the only ones that we got right, I got Osweiler under 12.5 points, which is ridiculous. And uh, Okada got the under on Jordy at 9.4. So that is what we have, which brings the total to 22 points for myself, 17 for Okada, and 18 for Betts. So... Also, Let's, uh, yeah. now that now that he's no longer producing and is useless, I finally found out how to pronounce Uzama. 
Oh, which Uzama. is Uzama. Okay, yeah, yeah Uzama. that's it. Yeah, that does sound better than what I was saying. Too bad he's it. not apparently doing anything anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. But yeah, you're about um, three weeks mo- too late there, Okada. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Let's move on and talk about our spooky picks of the week. We're going to start at the quarterback position with Bat Ryan. <laughs> He's so <laughs> stupid. I can't even oh, not laugh at myself. Oh, my gosh. Bat Ryan is the first one. He's playing at Washington, uh, and he is projected for 19.6 points coming off that bye. Uh, I want to know if you think he's going to be going over or under that number, and we will start with bets. Uh, Mr. Bat Ryan is going to fly over this number. 19.6 is the is the line, and I think that when you look at what the offense has been through the air, they're on fire. I love them coming off of a bye an extra week to prepare, so I'm going to go with the over. Uh, well, bats can't see, so I don't think he's going to be able to hit his receivers very well, so I'm going to go under, unless he can use sonar. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the Redskins' D is... They've been very, very good. They're, really, they're only... Uh, the only decent performance against him was Drew Brees that one night where he went crazy. And they just picked up, we didn't mention this in the trades because it's not really for fantasy, but Haha Clinton Dix, the safety from the uh, Packers, who, this is interesting, I forget what period, I think it's in the last two seasons, the two leading safeties in interceptions in the entire NFL are Haha Clinton Dix and Swearinger, who is already on wow. the Redskins. Yeah. So they've, they've got a beastly back of the secondary right now i'm going yeah. under okay and i'm going under as well if you weren't going to bring up haha clinton Dix, i was going to um his name sounds like it's made up as well so that'll fit right <laughs> into the segment uh but yeah that defense is stout and that's uh arguably the top safety pair in the league now so uh it'll probably still be an okay game for ryan i just don't think he'll crest 20 points so under for me and then we're going to move on to our running back position. We're going to talk about Frank Gore. He doesn't even need his name to be changed. His last name is Gore already. So, Ugh. yeah, it's gory. But uh, he is projected for 6.8 points this week. He's playing at home against the Jets. And we'll swing it over to Okada. What do you think, over or under? Initially, I was going to go over, but I think he needs a touchdown to top it because he's not going to get any catches, and that means he basically has to get more than 68 yards, and I think he just gets a little under that. So I'm going to take the under, and sadly, I think that Kenyon Drake is going to be useful in the passing game. I loved to hate Drake back in the day, but he's getting just enough work that he's kind of flexible sometimes. So eh, Gore will still get carries, but not enough to top 6.8. So that was an yeah. under, correct? Yes. Yeah, the, uh, okay. yep. Yep. the reason that you said that Drake is going to be utilized a little more in the passing game is enough for me to say we can't trust this guy ever so i'm gonna swing it over to gore he's gonna go over uh mm. double digit carries in all but two games this season um so i like to, to trust the volume there i think he falls into the end zone um and rises from the dead in this one yeah you guys keep stealing my talking points but uh, the double digit <laughs> carries is something that you you look for in any running back i don't think the fact that he's quote-unquote, the running back two on this roster really matters um, so long as he's getting fed the ball. So uh, 6.8 points is not a lot. I mean, that's 68 yards. That's I think that's extremely doable with his workload. So I'm going to say over as well. Next, we're going to move on over to Michael Myers Thomas. Ooh. I thought this one was pretty good, yeah. Mm, this one's scary because he's projected very high, and uh, he's projected at 18.3, playing at home against the Rams. 
So it's going to be tough to uh, kind of project, take the over there. But um, let's start with Okada on this one. I'm going to have to say that Michael Myers Thomas kills the Rams cornerbacks. Yes, ah! embrace the bit. Embrace the bit. We never planned any of this, just to be clear. We're just you know, very witty <laughs> people. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the Rams corners have not been great, and this is going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Uh, and Thomas is going to be part of that. Andrew Brees is going to put up Three touchdowns minimum through the air, in my opinion. So I think he catches one of those as well, which helps with the catches and yards to get him over this number of 18.3. All right, Betts, what are your thoughts? All right, I'm going to go opposite of you here, Okada. I'm going to go under. The difference in Michael Thomas's target count in the last several weeks when Mark Ingram returned to the lineup is very obvious. Week one, 17 targets. Week two, 13. Week three, 10. Week four, four targets, so not great. Mark Ingram's back week five, five targets, nine targets, six targets. So it's it's obvious that the team is changing. Uh, I'm going to go with the under. I don't think the volume will be there enough to get him over this this high number. All right, so with bets taking the under, I'm actually going to also take the over. Um, I think that the way you beat this Rams team, well, if you beat the Rams team, it's, uh, it's by passing. I mean, they have a good... They have a good D, and uh, they stopped the run very well. And they also just uh, traded for Dante Fowler as well from the Jaguars, so they have bolstered their defensive line with another end there. So I'm going to take the over, and he's just been crushing it this year. He's only had a couple of down weeks. Uh, there's no reason to believe he won't get a, a plethora of targets, so I'm going to look forward to uh, him going upwards of 20 points this week. Next we have at the tight end position, we have Trey, also known as Tim Burton. <laughs> Can't you're killing it. Oh yeah. These are so good. <laughs> These are yeah, really bad. I apologize to all the <laughs> listeners. You can you can unsubscribe right now if you want to. <laughs> but uh I'll kick this one off since I almost never go first. Uh I gotta take the under. I um I don't really believe in his volume, and he's playing at Buffalo, who actually has been a good defense, and I know I brought up you know, early in the season that the Buffalo Bills actually have a good defense. Uh, and it's kind of been showing up in these past couple of weeks. I I don't like this matchup for Trey Burton, and I think he's probably only going to be held to about two or three catches or so. No touchdowns. So under for me. Let's uh, let's go over to bets here. Yeah, I also would agree with that. Um, the defense looked awesome against the Patriots for most of that game, and uh, they were trying to go to Gronk. It just wasn't happening. Eight targets, he only caught the ball three times. That's Gronk. So uh, I don't think it's going to be a great game for Burton. I'm going to go under as well. Uh, I was really hoping Betts would take the over so that we could be different on every one. But I yeah. unfortunately am also taking the under. Uh, and the wasn't happening for Gronk, by the way, was legitimately good coverage by the Bills. Um, even the one good catch that Gronk had, which if you haven't seen, you should watch because it was crazy and barely a catch. It was all up inside and over and around a defender who had him covered really well. So if they can do that to Gronk, they can do it to Tim Burton. I don't have a pun for why he's going <laughs> under, but he will. <laughs> well, you got to come up with a pun. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, uh, all right, we're all going under for Tim, or excuse me, Trey, Tim Burton. So let's move on to the flex. We're going to do something fun this week, uh, a little semi game I spun up to add at the end of this, but we're picking our own flex. So each of us three will have our own guy and we're going with only wide receivers 
ranked outside the top 36, kind of going for some dart throw style upside guys. Um, and also there's going to be an added bonus. You will get plus 0.05 points for every rank outside of 36 they are. So the lower rank they are, the uh, better chance you have at... I should have just picked someone ranked like 200, and then I would have just won immediately, but um, we all kept it pretty one reasonable. one ball for 10 yards and you win. Yeah, yeah, that, that had to be a rule. They had to catch one ball. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's let's swing over to Okada. Tell me who your flex pick of the week is and, and what they're ranked. It is Geronimo Allison. Um, he's ranked 40th among wide receivers this week, and I am not going to explain to you yet why I'm picking him, because I have him somewhere else in this show also. Oh, hint, hint. Yeah, let's save that. All right, well, Betts, uh, go ahead and give me your pick for the flex spot. My wide receiver that I'm going to play this week in the flex uh, outside the top 36 is ranked 48th. It is a very scary player to own. He is very scary to put in your lineup. But it's Amari Cooper against Ooh. the Titans on Monday Night Football. That's Titans spooky. Defense, what's that? I said that's spooky. Oh, it's it's terrifying. Uh, I don't think I'm actually going to play him in, in real leagues, by the way. Uh, but Amari Cooper potentially has a chance here to do something. I know it's his first game with the Cowboys. But the Cowboys are just a franchise where they give a first-round pick for a player. They want to prove that they were right because everyone around the NFL is saying, why would you do this? And this is an overpay. They're going to use him in this game, I believe. And wide receiver ones against the Titans this year have been pretty good. Uh, Michael Crabtree, 93 yards on a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins, 110 on a touchdown. Kenny Stills, 106, two touchdowns. Alshon Jeffrey, 105 yards on a touchdown. So, you know, these wide receiver ones uh, for a team are doing great against the Titans, and I think Cooper can have a big day. Yucky. I like it. Yucky yeah, I indeed. mean... Okay, I guess I don't like it. I like it as a like bold, bold pick, yeah, but I definitely I don't like it as a regular pick. No, like I but, said, I'm uh, I'm totally going with the game theme here and just trying to play for some upside and yeah. trying to back up my argument here in some way, shape, or form. Speaking of upside, I got upside for you, and it's Josh Doxon. I am the lowest ranked wide receiver out of the three of us. Of course, that should be nothing new to the listeners out there. Um, I like to go for the kind of crazy plays, and Josh Doxon is exactly that this week. He's going against the Atlanta Falcons at home, and the Atlanta Falcons have been giving up way too many fantasy points for me to not try and get some you know, exposure in this game. So Josh Doxon has been leading this team in air yards over the last couple weeks. Uh, Paul Richardson's been banged up. Uh, Jameson Crowder's been banged up. Doxon's the only like fully healthy receiver right now. And someone's got to catch the ball in this game. I think you could see like 10 targets. Uh, well, maybe not 10, but probably eight or nine is pretty reasonable. And uh, he's a big play type of guy. So I'm going to see one or two touchdowns from him this week. That is bold, Kent. One or yeah. two touchdowns. I really love Josh Doxson. Not necessarily for fantasy, but as a player. And I'm really sad he hasn't broken out. So I would like to see this happen, even though I don't want Kent to get points because he's in the lead. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go with the bold stuff. I gotta give you guys a chance, you know. <laughs> oh, how kind of you! So kind. <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm trying to calculate on the fly here what the bonus points are for our rankings. So Doxon gets plus one point one point, um, and this will be of course half PPR. Amari Cooper will get plus point six points. And Geronimo Allison, let's see, I haven't done that one yet, so he's going to get 
Point two, Ooh. I think. Point two, yeah, that's all he's getting. So probably the best play out of the three. It. Well, I mean, I mean <laughs> that makes it really fair in a sense. So I kind of like that. Um, but yeah, those are our picks for this week. So let's move on to some starts of the week. Drivers, start your engines! All right, let's talk about some guys that we are excited to get in our starting lineup. Maybe they're not like a Dachshund or an, uh, an Amari Cooper, um, but uh, there's someone who you're really excited to play this week. So let's start with Okada on this one. Tell me who your start of the week is. Yeah, it may not be a Dachshund or a Cooper, but it is the third guy on the list we just named, and it's Geronimo Allison. <laughs> he is my start of the week. Uh, Did you like this, how I alluded to that? <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Thank you for the transitioning. Such professionalism. Um, <laughs> there's a few reasons for this. Number one is Stephon Gilmore, the Patriots' number one cornerback. Of cornerbacks with 30 targets this year, he's PFF's second highest graded, and he has allowed the lowest catch percentage, a 37.8 catch percentage. And what, I, what that means for me and what it means for anyone who knows the Patriots and has watched them a lot is that they're going to focus on shutting down Devontae Adams. And I think that Adams will still be okay. I think he'll probably catch a touchdown because he's Devontae Adams and that's what he's done. And Rodgers has to throw a few touchdowns in this game. However, between the 20s and possibly even on a big player two that ends up in the end zone, I think it's going to be Geronimo Allison. Uh, the, pack, the Packers are going to need to throw and they're going to need to score in this game a lot there's a 57 point under over under and new england is favored by five and a half at home so i expect rogers to be on the comeback trail which there's hardly anyone better at that except for maybe the guy he's playing against um we've talked about haha clinton Dix and how he left the packers that means their defense is worse which means i think the patriots are going to score which obviously vegas agrees with uh and i wanted to put this in here because i think that Allison owners were excited to get him back last week, and then he was limited, very limited. I think he had one target and or one catch in his return from the hamstring injury, but I think that that was largely intentional to kind of give him a little bit of time to come back and not screw him over like so many other players we've seen with hamstring injuries this year. And before that, okay, I just I pulled these numbers up. He started the season with four straight games before the hamstring injury of 60-plus yards, and he had two touchdowns over that span. Would you guys like to know the two other receivers in football who did that? Yes, I would. Yes, please. DeAndre Hopkins and Adam Thielen, and that is it. Those, those are good players. I've heard those, of those are, names those before. Those are good players. So, <laughs> uh, And Randall Cobb was around then. So it's not like you know Cobb was missing and uh, now that he's back. Also, Allison is going to be hopeless. Cobb was there. Allison was scoring fantasy points, a lot of them. And I'm pretty confident that he'll do so again this game. So start of the week. Boom. Boom Kata. Boom Kata. Do you, yeah, uh, do you? I was a little worried actually when you started talking about Allison here, and I was waiting for you to convince me, uh, which you have, because my first reaction to this was, "Well, dude, he only got one target last week and caught one ball for 14 yards." But like you mentioned, he was coming off the injury, and so if you know his target share goes up in this game, uh, like you talked about, super high uh, over under, all the pass catchers uh, for Green Bay, I like. Has I was gonna say, has Valdez Scantling earned more? Uh, a bigger role in this offense, even when all the uh, main three are healthy. Yes, I think he has, but 
I think that Cobb is on the downswing and Allison and Valdez Scantling are on the upswing. So I'd, I don't know if I'll say I'd rather own Valdez Scantling than Cobb, but I actually probably would rather own Valdez Scantling than Cobb because <laughs> I think I would. would say, yeah. yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm starting for upside. So him, Allison, and obviously Devontae Adams. I'm I'm okay with all three of those guys with Rogers throwing the ball. I can respect that take. So uh, let's let's swing over to bets. Tell me your start of the week for week nine. All right, Kent, you are going to be happy with this start of the week. It is one of your Minnesota Vikings. Skull chant, please. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there I it is. I didn't think he'd give it to him because he hates him, but all right. Look, I only all support right. him because he's getting a ton of volume and he wears purple, and that's the only reason. <laughs> That's right. Nah, Latavius he's actually Murray been looking good. is my start of the week. And he's actually, like you were just about to say, Kent, looked really good. Tons of volume, tons of scoring. Uh, over the last three weeks, 25 touches, 17 touches, and 18 touches. And he scored four touchdowns over the last three games. So I'm going to stay, you know, with, with the Flames here and, and keep riding this, this hot streak for Murray. He gets to face uh, the Lions defense, giving up 5.5 yards of carry on the season. Yeah, we've seen Matt Breda put up 130 yards uh, against him in a touchdown, 72 and a touchdown for Drake. Chris Carson just last week, 105 and a touchdown. So, yes, give me Latavius Murray this week. He is a must-start. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree. So long as um, Dalvin Cook is out, it's Latavius Murray's show, and we're, we're finally finding a rushing stride on our team. We, it took us so long to figure out how to get the run game going. And, you know, Kirk Cousins has been killing it in the passing game, but without the run game, it's been tough to put a full offense together. So they're finally starting to do that. Uh, Latavius Murray is the guy right now. So I got to I gotta support it. I don't hate it either, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Okada. But, yeah, welcome. that's very supportive. <laughs> yes. All right, well, I guess I'll I'll wrap up the starts. I'll bring you my start of the week, and it's it's a guy I've been a big fan of for a long time. I talked about him on the waiver show this week. I liked him before the season started. He was my favorite rookie wide receiver. His name is DJ Moore, and he put on a little bit of a show this last week. He didn't score any touchdowns, but he did have uh, five receptions for 90 yards as well as two rushing attempts for 39 yards. And uh, this coaching staff is starting to show that they can – Get DJ Moore more involved in the game going forward. Uh, they kind of slowly, slowly eased him in with the target share and the snap share. Uh, this last week, he played 70% of the snaps offensively, and he did not crest 49 up until now. So it's time, and, and the coaching staff has decided that it's time, and Devin Funches is he's fine. He's, he's a fine receiver. He was better than Kelvin Benjamin which is why I know you're shaking your head, but he's he's at least better than Kelvin Benjamin, and then Kelvin Benjamin left. So Funch just kind of just absorbed that lead role out of nowhere, and Greg Olson was pretty much the only other guy getting targets there. But now they have a real receiver, and that's DJ Moore, and he is off the, uh, I can't, off the, off the charts. Thank you. I figured it out. Uh, athletically, and he was great in college, and it's time for him to shine in the NFL, and I'm super hyped for this dude. His next two games are against Tampa Bay, so that's this week. That's why I'm starting him this week. But next week, he gets to play Pittsburgh, who also has a very, very bad secondary this year. These two weeks are going to be huge, and if you need a, uh, you know, this is bye week uh, hell this week, so if you got to make a risky flex decision, DJ Moore should be in your starting lineup, ready to go. Start of the week. 
Ken, I think that's the most passion I've heard from you from your start of the week. You absolutely love DJ Moore, and I can't blame you. We talked about this on the the waiver pod and the fact that the usage with him, they're so creative this past week in getting him the ball, rush attempts through the air, down the field, short passes, I mean, all over. Uh, the the you know the offensive coordinator and the coaching staff have said they want to get this guy involved, and Torrey Smith has been banged up with a knee injury, and so if he misses again, huge, huge week for DJ Moore. I agree. I love him this week. And one kind of interesting intangible thing that I like about Moore and this team and this offense in general is I feel like they're kind of figuring out what works as they go because with new OC, with Cam Newton being who he is, which is probably the most unique quarterback in football right now, if not ever, maybe alongside like Michael Vick, um, it, it's not easy to figure out what works. But when you put DJ Moore out on the field with the ball in his hands, you see that it works. And I think that because of that, and they've shown an ability to take what works and and build that up into their offense, I think that we're going to see more and more and more of it and less and less and less of large, slow men jumping up in the air and catching the ball, which is what we've seen for the past couple of years. Yeah, no, I'm re- I'm ready to go. I, and you're right, I am passionate. I've been following this guy uh, through the draft process and everything, and I'm very excited about his potential in the NFL. So I think it's coming to fruition. We could see a late season breakout. Uh, per sharp football stats, they have the second easiest strength of schedule for uh, the passing attacks. So very, very excited about this guy the rest of the way. Why do you do this to me? I'm benching you, Lewis. I don't want to hear word out of you. Sit down. All right, let's move over to our sits of the week, guys, that we find just too spooky on this Halloween evening. They're too spooky to start. So, um, Let's go back to Betts here. Betts, tell me who a guy is that you're sitting down this week. Yes, I am definitely not going to play LaShawn McCoy this week. He is my sit of the week. Um, And it kind of sounds repetitive because we brought him up before. But actually, fantasy owners with LaShawn McCoy have had some hope recently. And that's why I brought him back up. You know, the past four games, he he missed one game mostly with his uh, concussion. So he was rolled out early. But in the other three games... You know, 11 fantasy points uh, two, t- two times in a row and then 12 fantasy points. So he's been serviceable as an RB2. But this week, you absolutely cannot trust him. He gets to play those big, scary bears from Chicago. Mm. Oh, they're so up. scary. Oh, they're terrifying. <laughs> uh, and they've only given up, you know, the second fewest fantasy points to the running back position. Uh, he cannot be in your lineup this week. And we need to also mention the fact that Nathan Peterman is starting for the Bills. Womp, 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 womp. Bears D off the charts. My start Ooh. of the week. No, I'm just kidding. That could <laughs> make so my defense start of the week. No, but what do you guys think um, it's going to be? Over under turnovers for the Bears. Let's put it at like three and a half. Oh, I oh, take the over. I'll, over. I'll, 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 I, I would take the over four. on five and a half. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's pretty big. Six is a lot. Um, I mean, but I'd take four. Yeah. Nathan Peterman threw what was it? Four interceptions and a half yeah. once. So yep. I think it was. It could be done. Yeah, it might have been five. <laughs> Bets, you know, I agree with your start of the week, but or excuse me, your sit of the week, but uh, you underestimate my desperation, so I have to start him <laughs> in a couple of leagues. Oh, I feel so bad for you. It is, oh, it is yeah, week, uh, hell out there. It's it's tough. It's gross. Um, I, I'm I'm unhappily starting him. So I agree with you. I just have to. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry for your loss, Kent. Uh, that's okay. But uh, bets, or excuse me, Okada. Let's swing over to you. I want to hear who you're sitting on down. Yeah, so it being Halloween, you want to talk about scary. Big Ben in Baltimore is very, very scary. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been ugly. So earlier this season, he played them at home in Pittsburgh without a fractured finger, I'll bet on his left hand, but still. And he only posted 14.7 fantasy points with one TD and one interception. Now he's going on the road to Baltimore. These are his numbers in nine career starts versus the Ravens. Three wins, six losses, 240 passing yards per game, seven touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 69.5 passer rating, sacked 27 times. That's not good. That, that, that is the opposite of good is what it is. Um, <laughs> they He does not play well there. Uh, you guys have all heard the narrative of he's not great on the road. And yeah. this defense be, being what it has been in the past and especially as this year. Now you put those two things together and it is not a pretty situation. Uh, also, the Ravens are on a two-game losing streak where the Saints and the Panthers both beat them mostly on the ground. So I expect the Steelers to have seen that and attempt to do the same thing with Connor. These are some names. I just had to pull them up that I'd start over Ben Roethlisberger this week because I think that most of you guys have him as your QB1. Ryan Mm -hmm. Fitzpatrick, obviously, because I'd start him over anyone. Come on, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, Baker Mayfield, Alex Smith, Derek Carr, and Joe Flacco in the same game against the Steelers. I would start all those guys over Big Ben. Yuck. Sit him. Yeah, you mentioned it's a narrative. It is honestly not a narrative, Okada. It is the, the truth is in the numbers. Big facts. Yeah. On the road, he's just absolutely brutal. I don't I don't get it. What is it? Um yeah, comfort. Maybe I don't know. Comfort of he, home. He has like his ears aren't very good or something possibly from all the hits he's taken over the years. And so he <laughs> so can't he hear as well. So when it's loud, you know, it gets messy. I don't yeah, know. we'll chalk it up to that. May- I was just That's thinking, maybe he just, maybe he just really <laughs> likes waking narrative. up in his own bed. You know, ah. he just likes being at home. <laughs> yeah, he, he can't sleep in hotels. That could totally be it. Okay, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and close out the sits and give you mine. mine. Mine's not really based on stats. It's It's not really based on numbers, which is weird for me, but... It should be pretty obvious, and I just want to make sure it's clear for listeners out there that you should sit Demarius Thomas. I know what people are going to say. He's playing against the Broncos this week. Instant revenge game. Uh. What, what what revenge is he going to take against the Broncos where he's had a long and, and like, solid career with them? Uh, like, there's no hard, you know, no bad feelings between him and Case Keenum. Case Keenum is one of the nicest dudes on the planet, even though he's not very good at football. And... I, there's just no reason to play Demarius Thomas. You're not going to be able to plug him into a new offense and expect him to get like 10 targets and have him succeed on those targets instantly, even though he has a better quarterback. I don't want anyone out there to play Demarius Thomas this week, and that's um, that's really all I got for you. I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah, I, I even heard that they were going to make like some kind of welk or thank you, thank you, welcome sort of thing in Denver for Demarius Thomas because he's he's a, been an incredibly great receiver for them for so many years and a great guy as far as I know. Uh, so, so I totally agree with you. There's no revenge to be had. Also, side note, you should also sit Golden Tate, the other traded receiver, because he's on bye. That's a good call. Yeah, <laughs> I thought you were being serious for a second. I was no. like, wait a minute, Okada. <laughs> I am being serious, Vets. Don't start him. He's yeah, no, technically zero correct. Not recommended in fantasy. It does not help you win. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I would agree with that. That that's a fact right there as well. So, gosh, hard right. analysis here on the Red Shirts Pod, huh? Yeah, no, that's right. what we bring you. Don't start players on by. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, Mr. Burgundy. 2003. Just doing my workout. Oh, it's a deep burn. All right, we're going to move on to Flexor next, which we have aptly named this week Trick or Treat. Of course, the trick being stardom in your flex position, or your treat being to sit them down. I'm not actually sure how that matches up, but uh, no, maybe if they're on your bench. Be, a treat would be yeah. just to flex them to stardom, right? The treats just, yeah, the so maybe they're. Trick? The tr- I, I'm not sure. Maybe if you're on the bench, you get the treat. You're just eating a treat at home on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be so confusing. (laughs) This is great. Okay, let's just call it what it is. Flex or next uh, going through these guys. Um, Up first, we got the uh, Denver Cowboy. Excuse me. What is that? Oh, my God. I did not just say that. Uh, I have to keep that in the show, too, because that was bad. I, you know, I, maybe you subconsciously <laughs> wanted him to be a cowboy in the draft because I did, but oh uh, that's my the only God. connection I could make. <laughs> okay, that was pretty terrible. Sometimes my brain just does stuff like that. The Denver Bronco, Cortland Sutton, will be playing at home against the Houston Texans. Texas is a state where the Cowboys play. <laughs> uh, that's true. That's what it was. <laughs> We've lost. Uh, Ken. I'm gonna I'm gonna help out Ken here, who is losing it. And say that I am willing to flex Cortland Sutton. We talked about him stepping into the Demarius Thomas role plus. uh, And I think that they're going to be behind in this game because the Texans have been playing quite well. They're on a five-game winning streak and the Broncos have not. uh, So I think they're going to have to throw a decent amount. Uh, It's more of like a a dart at a touchdown for now until we see his usage. But I'll take the dart. Yeah, I think you could argue he's he's a great flex play this week. He immediately comes in, like we talked about. He's the wide receiver, too. Okada, I largely agree with all of what you said, and I'm, I'm comfortable flexing him this week uh, for sure, especially, you know, six teams on a bye, so your options are definitely limited. Um, Not only is Cortland Sutton a flex, Cortland Sutton is a wide receiver, too, going forward. He is mm. in. He is in for me. I'm all in on Cortland Sutton. Let's move on to Matt Breida going against the Oakland Raiders at home. This is the ultimate Trick or treat? Why? Why is that? Is, I'm guessing that's an Okada line here on the. It back. is. It is because Matt Breida constantly tricks us with his. <laughs> I'm hurt. No, I'm not. Thing. Just kidding. It's a flesh yeah. wound. Oh my <laughs> god! Just a flesh wound. He is. What the, is that guy's name? The Black Knight. That should got be glass our nickname bones. for Matt Breida. Yeah. It's official. Lock it in. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, um, let's see. What, what are you gonna do, Okada? Are you gonna start him or are you gonna sit him? Yes. If he. You know what? Screw it. I was going to say, uh, unless he's ruled out, but even if he's ruled out, I'm starting Matt Breida because he'll probably still play. Uh, and the Raiders' defense is very, very, very bad. It's why I told you guys to start Marlon Mack against them. He is going to run all over them. Oh, wait, wait. Who did you just talk about? I said uh, Marlon Mack. Okay, oh, I had to get that in there. It's beautiful. It only took three weeks to get it in, but there it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, flex him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's he's an RB2 for me this week. Um, and it, reports are coming out that he is going to play this week, so I don't think there's really any concern about that. Um, even when they say he's going to be quote-unquote limited, he still gets 16 carries. So, yeah, pretty much a, a must-start for me, honestly. Two things are true. I will be flexing Matt Breida. And I will also be scared the entire game that he will leave with an injury. Those two things are true. 
Yeah, I can't blame you. It's it's basically a 95% chance that he walks off the field limping at some point. Truth. All right, let's move on to David Moore. This is not DJ Moore, although they both are D Moore. Uh, he is a Seattle Seahawk, and he's playing at home against the L.A. Chargers. Also, we should note real quick that Brandon Marshall got released from the Seahawks this week. Not major news, but just something to talk about. Yeah, and that that's a big thing to talk about, in my opinion, because it kind of means that they think David Moore can actually be their wide receiver, too. Uh, or at least wide receiver 2A slash B to Tyler Lockett being the deep threat. Um so I liked I liked David Moore. I had picked him up in a few places. He's been scoring touchdowns like a madman. That probably will come down a little bit, but if he can step into this offense more and more as the season goes on, uh, he can be useful for fantasy. So I'll flex him this week, even though the matchup's not great. I would yeah. also be comfortable flexing him. I don't I don't love it, but Russell Wilson, man, I don't know what it is. The first half of the year, he just takes his time. He's nice and casual out there. Throws a bunch of picks. Doesn't really throw much touchdowns. And then all of a sudden, he comes in out of nowhere in the second half of the season and lights the fantasy world on fire. He's been hot the last couple of weeks, staying the flames, and yeah, give me some David Moore. I'm going to need to see some more targets to David Moore before I start uh, trusting him. That's the him. second more, more joke you've made on accident. Uh, it's not, it's, it's definitely not on purpose. I can tell you that <laughs> on much. Accident but on purpose. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. But um, yeah, like you said, if he doesn't score a touchdown, it's going to be a big bad day so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna skip on him i'm gonna sit him down until i can see some consistent target usage let's move on to peyton barber which of course we talked about rojo being injured he's playing at carolina um okada do you want to flex him or next him or trick or treat or start or sit or any of the above uh (laughs) this one's kind of tough I am going to say next on Peyton Barber, which may come as a surprise with Rojo out. He should theoretically be the quote-unquote feature back. But with Ryan Fitzpatrick back in and the Panthers being a much better team overall, I think this is just going to be a magical attack through the air and not a lot of Peyton Barber. So I'm going to try to sit him if I can. Oh, it's going to be so magical. So magical. <laughs> so magical. So much I, I chest can, hair. So much chest hair. Oh, my God. Um, I, I definitely want to sit him as well. I think that it's a trick if you put him in your lineup because, like you said, Okada, I think it's more through the air in this game. But, again, I've said it before, six teams on a bye. It's tough. People are desperate for running backs. So if you absolutely need to flex him, I could understand that. Um, I'm going to flex him. Through the first five weeks, he had 10 rushing attempts in the red zone. Uh, he probably had a couple of targets too. It's not showing up on this particular screen for me, but oh, he had uh, excuse me, two targets. So he's getting opportunity inside the red zone. The fact that he didn't get any touchdowns except for week five is kind of absurd. I think that that number, if he gets that workload that he was getting early in the season, is there. Uh, he's gonna have a good chance at a touchdown. So with Rojo being injured and hit Fitzpatrick back in the game, I'm gonna I'm gonna flex him. Let's talk about Allen Robinson. A big name to be showing up on the Flexer next list. But he's playing at Buffalo this week. He's been injured, um, playing in a tough matchup. Uh, Bets, what do you think? Flex or next? Yeah, he might be playing this week. We're not sure. Uh, he yeah. missed last week, like you said, with that groin injury. The week before, he played, tried to play through it, just caught one ball for four yards. And we've already talked about it. Uh, the Bills' defense is no joke. Their secondary is great. Um, I'm blanking on the cornerback's name. 
for the Bills. Tredavious That's Tredavious White. Tredavious White, right. Uh, he's going to be on Robinson if he plays, and he is a shutdown corner in this league, so absolutely do not play Allen Robinson if you can avoid him. Agreed on all fronts. Sit. Next. Yeah, trick. he's a sit. I mean, I, I already described pretty much the reasons, and uh, it's unfortunate because I think he's talented, and this offense could certainly use him, but this week he's not worth playing, so... We're all going to pass on uh, Alan Robinson. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail for you all day, okay? All right, we got a couple of mailbag questions in this week. We got on Twitter uh, to our pod handle, at RedShirtsFFPod. Up first, we have a question coming in from at TheyCallMeDad8, who is, uh, I think his name is Jason, right? And he's in our listener league. Yep, that's Which, Jason. Uh, I have now beat both of the co-hosts, uh, and I am 8-0. and oh. Yeah. The powerhouse continues. Yeah. Okay, anyway. The question from Jason is, on a scale of 1 to 10, how crazy am I? In a keeper league, I traded Gronk for Amari Cooper straight up. Important to note that Cooper has keeper eligibility and Gronk does not. I own Evan Ingram, and I have the flu. (laughs) (laughs) If it all goes to crap, I will blame it on the fever. That is a good call. Uh, we blamed all of Okada's bad takes on his illness that he had for a month Whoa! there. So. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just had to sneak that in. Yeah, Okada, you didn't know that, but we actually did blame that on your sickness. Apparently, while I was out <laughs> of commission. Um, this is a this is a tough question for a few reasons. I kind of want to know what else is on his roster as far as keeper possibilities and how many keeper spots he has, because I think the keeper eligibility, eligibility thing makes a big difference. Having said that, I'm going to automatically lean that I am going to blame this on the fever because uh, I don't feel good about Amari Cooper for the rest of the year. We talked, I think, briefly about how wide receivers getting traded typically don't kick into form quite as quickly as, say, running backs do. Um, So, And that offense is not great. Hopefully he can help it, but... Gronk is Gronk, and I know that the production hasn't been there, but he's not going to score one touchdown all season unless he somehow caught the Julio Jones disease, uh, which actually sounds like it could be a legitimate thing. Um, well, it's going around the league. Yeah. yeah. So I prefer Gronk, but sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, this, this definitely is without a question. I mean, if this is just a standard redraft league, it's no question it's Gronk. But the fact that it's a keeper scenario and he has Evan Ingram I don't think it's that crazy especially if his team is not doing well and he's pretty much playing for next year anyway uh, I would justify that if you're in the hunt for the playoffs I would not have done this that's a good point as well yeah that I was gonna I was gonna say that record wise it definitely matters um with that being said I'm actually very high on Amari Cooper for next year on the Cowboys so for that reason, I think it's kind of worth doing if you are on the cusp of playoff, uh, the playoff hunt. So, I don't think it's terribly crazy if uh, if you can't keep Gronk and you can keep Cooper. I, again, we don't know all the rules, so it could matter a little bit from here to there. But um, I'm just going to say it's not as crazy as uh, you might think. So, let's move on to the next question. This is from at jwhited26. And he says, he or she says, I got offered Tate for Josh Gordon in a standard league. What are your thoughts? Okada. No. Go away. Back off my Josh Gordon. (laughs) 
Um, listen, we we told you guys last week. Well, I told you guys last week that I wanted to get Josh Gordon for the second half, and Kent told you maybe wait until one more week has passed because hashtag Tre'Davious White, and that turned out to be quite accurate. He was okay, but not great uh, last week against the Bills. So now is the time to grab him, not the time to sell him. And everything I said about Cooper and trades, second half of season receivers, applies to Tate. Um, also, he's going to be the secondary uh, short-range target and possibly the third-range or the third, what is, tertiary? Yeah. The third, yeah, the, sure. that, the third target work. overall on the Eagles, whereas he was, I would, I think, the 1A for Detroit. Uh, Zach Ertz is going to do a lot of what Golden Tate did everything of in Detroit, so I don't like Tate too much. I think he, he took a hit, a hit from this trade. So I'm sticking with Josh Gordon. Probably Shocker. not to your surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are all shocked, I tell you. Yeah, the fact that this is a standard league really makes this one easy for me. And I agree. It's, it's Josh Gordon in a standard league. Uh, I don't think Golden Tate has the touchdown upside, which is really what you're hoping for in standard. If it's a PPR league, I will say I'd probably prefer Golden Tate, to be honest with you. Um, but standard, yeah, give me Josh Gordon. Yeah, Josh Gordon as well. So let's go on to the next question. That's an easy one for me. So. Uh, we have a question from at jhawkchalk89. Uh, he says, despite an insanely high career target rate for tight ends, how can Alex Smith unlock Jordan Reed, who has been healthy all year, for a resurgent second half of the season? Yeah, this is uh, this is Nathan Coleman. He's a, a good friend of ours who organized mm-hmm. the Battle of the Podcast League. So shout out to Nathan. Really good question. And to be honest with you guys, I have a tough time coming up with an answer for this one because usually with Jordan Reed, it's the fact that he's not healthy and that really limits his upside in fantasy, but he's been out there and it just hasn't worked with Alex Smith. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me, and I'm trying to pull this up real quick as as I'm talking about it, but I I'm pretty sure that the Redskins offense as a whole is passing less. There's less pass attempts to go around. Alex Smith is, you know, playing in his common form. But I, when, when Alex Smith was going to go to the Redskins, I honestly thought that he was going to transition into the offense rather than the offense kind of transition around him. So I thought those passing attempts would be just as high as they were in years past. But I feel like they're much lower and that this is more of an Alex Smith type of offense. It's been working, and they have a good run game, and they have a good defense. So they're winning games, uh, and they don't really need to go all crazy with their passing attack this year and and in – you know, because of that, Jordan Reed has not been able to have as many big days as you maybe have been used to before. So that that would be my that my my take on it. Yeah, sadly, my answer to this is I don't think that he can unlock Jordan Reed because I think that Jordan Reed has diminished, and this is it's really upsetting because I was really high on Jordan Reed coming into this year. I drafted him really early in the Scott Fishbowl because like uh. Our Twitter questionnaire has asked uh, or mentioned Alex Smith loves the tight end, and this offense has loved the tight end, and Jordan Reed has been incredible. It would have been not necessarily better than Travis Kelsey, but almost on that level of elite tight end. But for some reason this year, he just hasn't looked like that. It could be the missing toe bits or whatever it is that he's got from the surgeries that he's had, but he's gotten targets. He has 47 targets through seven games. And he just has not produced. So 
I unfortunately am kind of getting away from Jordan Reed where I can because I think he's kind of dead. Mm. R.I.P. Jordan Reed. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our mailbag today. And the end of our Halloween special, so to speak, we had some some fun little Halloween flair in there for you. And uh, here, real quick before we end the show, uh, first, uh, reach out to our other podcasts and the, the Fantasy Authority. We have... Uh, Dynasty Life and DFS Degen Nation. You can find our pod at Redshirts FF Pod. But I need a quick vote from you guys. Which which song should we do on the outro? Should we go back to the Scary Skeletons or should we do the normal one? Oh, let's let's or, stay with or, the Halloween uh, theme. Yeah, or I like the I like the Scary Skeletons. We're going we're going with Skeletons. All right, well keep it spooky. Uh, thanks for listening. And once again, we are the Redshirts. <laughs> Scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. We're so sorry, skeletons, you're so misunderstood. You only want to socialize. But I don't think we should. A spooky, scary skeleton shouts startling, shrilly screams. <laughs>